you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. This is Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Hey, we're coming here with another great podcast. Who knew we'd do it again? We've been doing it for so long. I, I don't even remember. I think it's episode 5 million, or actually it's more about a 1,000. Anyway, guys, so be sure to go to youtube.com forward slash chrisvoss. Hit that bell notification button so you can see all the wonderful things we're doing over there. Go sign up for our new LinkedIn newsletter. We uh, got access to that, what, two weeks ago? And it's just killing it. Girls like, I don't know, 100 to day and it's a what is it about 3500 now or something goes out to everyone's email and tells everybody what we're doing on linkedin which is i don't know it works for some reason anyway guys go to goodreads.com for says chris Voss, see where everything we're reading and reviewing go to all the other groups we have on facebook linkedin twitter and instagram today we have two amazing guests that are with us today they are here on their book that you can find on amazon or where fine books are sold and the book is titled brand face for entrepreneurs be the face of your business and star in your industry came out in paperback december 11 2018 it's by tanya eberhardt and michael carr they join us today welcome to the show guys how are you thank you so much we're thank doing you, great chris. we're doing fantastic fantastic Saturday over here chris oh there you go there you go <laughs> give us your plugs so people can find you on the interwebs and get to know more about you guys all right you got it all right, so I am the founder of Brandface, and uh, it actually started when I sold vacuum cleaners to the door to pay my way through college. Mm. And I realized I, I needed a good story. I needed to personally brand myself because I can't just walk in and ask for somebody's wallet mm-hmm. and leave behind a vacuum cleaner. So I understood and got my first taste of personal branding back then. And mm. then I did that for three years, paying my way through school, and then was discovered by somebody in the radio industry, asked to apply for a sales position, and I did that. I stayed in radio for the next 18 years, and during that time, that's when I realized the effect that personal branding can actually have on a business because I saw these business owners come in and out of the the station and at networking events, and they were like rock stars, and they all had one thing in common – they were the face and voice of their own business. Mm-hmm. And so that's that became a common thread for me for the next 23 years of taking my clients into a studio, helping them become the best voice and face of their business. And then finally, in 2013, wrote the first book in the series called Brand Face. It was for business owners. And then around that time is when I met this gentleman, and I'll let him pick it up from there. Michael. I was an auctioneer by trade. I had a chance to be an engineer when I came out of high school and I did not want to be an engineer. I wanted to be an auctioneer. And my mom cried, said I'd never make a dollar and uh, <laughs> feed the family. Wow. Well, it'll be all right, mom. Trust me. And uh, I've specialized in cars and, and mm. the guy that taught me the business in Georgia, I, I was born and raised here in North Atlanta. He said, get your real estate license. You might be able to make a little extra money on the side, sell on a farm sale, something like that. And that's really what I did in Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee for several years. 2000, I opened up my own brokerage, but I still just did it to have autonomy. I didn't 
not uh, still buying my own port- rental portfolio and helping family members and friends do their do you know do a transaction every now and then. I really didn't push the issue. Mm-hmm. But in 2006, on the cusp of the mortgage debacle, we saw that coming. I mortgage, I uh, brokered a deal in Georgia for a company, and we, it went really well. We had uh, 300 houses. We sold 296 of them. And I said, we need to do this again. They agreed. We partnered together and went after the Bear Stearns residential portfolio. We got mm-hmm. most of it. Uh-huh. And, and uh, I ended up with an office in Irvine, California, an office in Seattle, Washington, an office here in Atlanta. I ended up licensing 31 states as an auctioneer and a mortgage a broker, and then probably personally handled about 70,000 residential transactions during that time period. But auctioneers are always working themselves out of a job. And we did that. And thank goodness, because I had a portfolio back here in Atlanta, I needed to come back to market value. And I came yeah. back twiddling my thumbs, wondering what I'm going to do now. I bought a piece of property, met a lady that said, look, you ought to open up a brokerage here in this little bitty town north of Atlanta. There's no competition here. And uh-huh. I said, well, help me. I'll do it. And then she did. We opened up the brokerage. And then she came to me and said, your marketing stinks. You don't have a brand. You don't have anything. You need to meet my needs. And so I met Tanya at that time and hired Tanya's turnkey company at the time to help me establish the company and begin to get ourselves out there. And little did I know she had written a book about brand face and she guinea pigged me in the real estate industry. She had worked with so many other entrepreneurs. Um, I think I was the first real estate brand face. And uh, we, I just did what I, I tell everybody from there that the secret to my success is just doing what she tells me. And I've been doing that now for eight years. She really transformed our brokerage, taught me about personal branding and the things we'll talk about today and the importance of being the face of your brand and how that exponentially grows companies. And well, that's awesome, man. That's quite a journey you guys have taken and done there. Yeah. So what was the proponent or motivation behind trying the book, writing the book, Brand Face for Entrepreneurs? Okay, so a couple of things. First of all, that was what I had been doing. And I was at the time I had a small agency and we ended up doing as a lot of agencies do, especially after the big mortgage debacle. You took business as you could get it. You couldn't be picky because business was not easy to get. So at the end of that time frame, I realized, shoot, we could do anything. I know I realized that anybody that walked through the doors of our office I could help anybody with anything. And that was a kiss of death because there's nothing different or special about you at that point when you try to serve everybody. But we had just worked ourselves into that. So I I had a talk with myself. I said, okay, what is it you really are passionate about? What is it you really love to do? And that's when I realized I love helping people put their personal story out there to showcase what it is about them that is special and why people should do business with them. So getting that personal story to inject and be part of the business. And so that's when I figured that brand face would be a good name for the business, a good name for the book. And that was the journey toward where we are today. The other thing is more personal, actually. I grew up uh, surrounded by a lot of alcoholism and addiction in my family, both Mm -hmm. sides. And it was just rampant. And fortunately, I did not get affected myself, but you see it and you see what goes wrong a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And I noticed at that time that the really the only difference between some young person sitting on a stoop waiting for the next drug deal 
and some young person going off to college with a hopeful future is really about one thing. It's about Mm self-worth. It's about understanding what makes them special and unique and that there's a place for them in this world that's really that's a hopeful place. And so that to me was the personal motivation behind the company and what we do. And we like to say, we don't make stars. We unveil them. Ah, I love that saying. That's a great shirt. That's a shirt saying, right? Thank you. you. So let's talk about the book. Give us an overall arcing of the book so people can get a kind of a feel for it. And then we'll get into some of the details. Yeah. So the book, I I helped her write the second book in the series, which was uh, a play on her original book. Mm -hmm. And and the book really deals with the importance of personal branding. We say that people don't do business with a logo. They do business with a person. And I found that to be the case in my life. I've been being a a senior vice president of of a major corporation that dealt with so many residential properties and dealt with companies on the Wall Street level. I find that even be the case on B2B. People do business with other people they trust, people they know, people they know can follow through with what they say. It's definitely important on the street level, right? Mm -hmm. So any forward-facing business is very important that people know the, the why. Why do you do what you do? So the book really deals with, number one, uh, the concept of that and and personal brands and then how to do it. The 3D freedom formula that that we coined is define, develop and display and how important that is to start breaking it down. But we start with. The why do you do what you do? What led you through this journey to get to where you are right now that is important that you let your customer on the other side of that phone or the other side of the street know who it is they're doing business with? Mm-hmm. And what were those three items again? A design, display? Define, define, develop, and display. Uh-huh. So th- tell us a little bit more about what each of those mean, please. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So in the defined phase, when we're working with a client, we look at really a couple of different things. Number one, who are your ideal customers? We all like to say pretty much anybody that fogs a mirror, right? We can, <laughs> we, anybody we, with money. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, if you're going to be known for something, it's not going to be known for serving everyone. It's going to be known for a specific niche. So we look at that because when you go to market yourself, that's where you spend your money, time and effort. And so in that marketing, the very first thing you need to know is who am I talking to? specifically, who am I talking to? Because if you don't know that, you don't know two things. Number one, you don't know where to market on what platforms and you don't know what to put in your marketing, what to say. Mm -hmm. So we start there. Then we take a look at the individual. What is it that's unique or different? Every human being doesn't have just one thing that's different about them. We have multiple points of differentiation. Mm -hmm. So we look at those and say, okay, what one or blend of a few of these can we Start, can we build your brand on? But those also have to be important and unique to your ideal customer. So it's not like this formula. You can't just say, I'm different for this, and this is what I'm going to build my brand upon if it's not important to your customer. Yeah. So, so those two things have to come together. And then finally, in that phase, we come up with what we call a brand identifier, which is like a slogan or a tagline that kind of positions you. Mm-hmm. And here's the reason we do this. Think of your brand like a book because your brand is your story, Mm -hmm. but you can't possibly fit the entire contents of your story on the cover. It won't fit and nobody would read it if it did. (laughs) So what we do is we create the 75 mile an hour view of this is my slogan or tagline or brand identifier. This is what I'm known for. 
which is designed to entice the people you're trying to attract to at least crack open the book. So it's mm-hmm. like a door opener. Mm-hmm. And so that's those are the things we take care of in the define phase. That's awesome because a lot of people don't realize you only have sometimes seconds with these generations now that you got an Instagram notifications coming and they're, you got just seconds to capture their interests. Exactly. That's, that's so important. And especially post COVID, like we, we ushered in a whole world of people. We've been using Zoom platforms and, and stuff like that for years now, eight years, but, but a lot of people hadn't. And then all of a sudden they found where they needed to. And we see this huge growth in that type of a platform. Mm-hmm. When you have defined your brand clearly and you know where you're targeting and the people you're talking to. They are the ones that are looking us up online. They're looking us mm-hmm. up on social media. They're looking us up on our websites and things like that, trying to find out if they even want to do business with us. That define section has been super important. The timing is absolutely perfect for it because everybody's looking everybody up before they get to them mm-hmm. to see if that's even somebody that fits who they are, their acumen, if it's a part that they can get along with mm-hmm. them, what makes them tick. That defined phase is very important. And I don't think people in business put enough thought process into that mm-hmm. uh, at first. Uh, you know, many times they think that their brand is just, I have to spend a lot of money for the brand. And that's not necessarily the case. You need to define it. And then you sort of know where to go. I'm looking at your guys' website. I like the slogan you guys have on here. People don't do business with a the logo. They do business with a person. So many people don't realize that. And I was laughing a little bit earlier when you mentioned people have to know who they're talking to. I was thinking of some of the messages I've gotten recently on LinkedIn and Facebook where people are like, hey, buy our stuff. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> you, you haven't even qualified me, warmed me up on the first date. And it's really funny. Like I had somebody friend me on Facebook two nights ago and, and I was like, I don't know why they're friending me, but they were friends with some friends and they just go right to something about my business. And that was like their first question. I'm like, my business is private, man. It's proprietary. I mean, it's none of your business. And that was like, he just went from, Hey, Chris, it's good to be your friend. Boom. Close. And I was like, I don't even know what he wouldn't even tell me what he was selling yet at first. He was just asking me like, do you want to buy this? And I was like, what the hell? Like, I don't even know who you are. I don't even know who you are. I don't know what you're doing. Maybe you could shake my hand before. Because I come from an old world of sales where it's all about people buy you. And that's really the thing. So I love you guys. This is a quote you have on your website. Ah, Thank you, sir. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty brilliant. So a lot of companies, they don't really get online. And I, I thought most people had gotten with the program of being having a business online. But when coronavirus hit, a lot of people didn't have websites, a lot of restaurants that didn't have websites or social media accounts. They got caught with their pants down because a lot of them had to move to online ordering. And I'm like, holy crap, you guys haven't gotten this mastery. Tell us a little bit about why that's important. And who knows what the next pandemic is going to lock us down and they, they might need some websites. Done right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, it's hugely important because, as Michael said, the vast majority of people, that's where they're first introduced to you. Mm-hmm. And it could be something as simple as like you're on a Zoom call and there's eight other people on it. And all you are these either a little thumbnail with just their name on it or you see a little video of them. But if your brand is defined, developed and displayed properly, you're going to have an image that shows a photo of you, some of your branding elements, maybe your brand identifier. And it's going to be at a glance they're going to see you. And imagine just in that five, 10 seconds, it's wow, that looks interesting. Let me learn more about this person. Even if they've never met you before and you just happen to be on the same Zoom call together. Mm-hmm. So that's just 
one aspect of how powerful it, it is and how important it is to be online, period. Websites and social media, you can't not do that today. You no. just can't not. And I, I'll tell you another thing that I really believe in is there are a lot of people who, when you ask their website, they'll send you to their Facebook page. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please, Lord, people don't do that. Okay. And the, here's the reason why. Because what if Facebook goes away tomorrow, right? Yeah. And not only that, if you go to a website and you can clearly go from page to page, see everything that you want to see, click on, okay, who's the team? What's their mission? What services do they have? Where are they? What are their reviews? And you can clearly click on those things on a website. Whereas on Facebook, you have to scroll and scroll and it's not categorized and organized like that. Plus it's not as professional, I do have to say. It's social media. Right. Right. That's- doesn't mean, yeah, doesn't mean you don't present yourself professionally on social media, but you don't let that become your entire professional presence. That should mm-hmm. not be your business hub. Yeah, by no means. Yeah. And you've, you, I don't know how you guys feel, but I always tell people, you got to go to where all your clients are. And the thing I learned being a social media rock star was you've got to, you've got to be everywhere. And I'm trying to find this survey that I did on LinkedIn where I asked people if they use their YouTube account, if they have a YouTube uh, business account and if they use it, because a lot of people have it. They never mm-hmm. use it. Oh, here it is. And I asked people on uh, LinkedIn, does your brand company have a YouTube account? Do you really post videos to promote your company? And literally it's uh, the winning category was 67 for two thirds of the vote. I feel like I'm announcing uh, elections here. Have you have a YouTube, but rarely post. So a lot of brands had uh, YouTube accounts. Two thirds of the people who responded had YouTube accounts and rarely post. They're not even using every social media dispo- uh, platform at their disposal. How important is that to know where your customers are? And customers are a little everywhere. To me, they just have preferred silos they like to go. If, if, if I could, let me back up just a little bit first. Chris. Mm-hmm. Let's talk just a second about how important development is. Mm-hmm. And I want to answer your question to it. Okay. Right? When, when we go into the D, the, the second D, when we go into development, this is where your imaging and stuff begins to be very important. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, and like I'm in the real estate business. And so our bios tend to be in the industry sold so many houses. Nobody's personally sold more houses than me, but that's not really important to my clients now. What does that matter to them? They're interested in their house. Mm-hmm. So my bio's got to be about how my experience level is important to them. Like it's not a braggadocious point on what I've been able to accomplish or been in positions to do. And so we teach our people that like, okay, to speak to your question, you got to go where your clients are. We know clients are looking this up online. So we've got to have that online presence correct. And then we got to have that developed out after we've defined that personal brand and what that point of differentiation that leader is going to be. And then once you do that and you develop it out, it's very important to put those elements in there like background images, the proper colors. And then these things need to be very consistent on those platforms you're talking about. And you got to be everywhere because it's in, people register in our minds different things like t- take, for instance, your background there with the blue and your name and stuff like that. Oh, how'd they get here? I could see that from a distance now and know all this, Chris, because my mind is registered that behind you. And we yeah. don't put enough emphasis on the fact that subconsciously we pick up on those elements. And we already know from marketing, it was, didn't come from us. In fact, I think it was in the 22 immutable laws of marketing mm-hmm. that people have to see us 7-Eleven 
21 times before our brand really starts to register to people. Mm -hmm. Like you have to show up seven times to somebody before they begin to remember who you are. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have to show up 11 times where they associate your name to what you do. You have to show up about 21 times before they start doing with you. And so to your question, pull that back and we can dig a little deeper even to pull that back. You got to be everywhere because you don't know. They might be YouTube users, right? Now you got TikTok out there. Everybody that was a YouTuber is now a TikToker and there's going to be another one. Right. Facebook didn't invent anything. They stole it. And then other people have been copying it ever since. There's going to be another social media and another social media and another social media. And you got to show up in those places. But here's what happens when you do. When you show up consistently like that, they're on a YouTube video or whatnot. Then all of a sudden you pop up and they may or may not register the fact that they just saw one of your podcasts or then they don't know that then now they're like, what is this? And they go to your website and they see that a website and the bio explains to them why your experience level is important to you. Then the, you're beginning to get those impressions that are so necessary to, to your clients calling you to do business with. You. Most definitely. We had my friend, uh, Cara Golden who wrote the book Undaunted. She's the CEO of Hintwater. If you're familiar with Hintwater and she's just an amazing CEO. And when she was on the show, I found out she wasn't on TikTok yet. And I said, you need to go on there. That's perfect for your brand. She goes, I don't know, man. There's young kids, the newest thing. And I'm like, no. And and so we did a search. I think we were on air at the time. And uh, we did a search. And I'm like, there's people talking about your brand here. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, you guys have a hashtag going. There's people taking pictures with your brand. They got the hint water. And, and she's like, are you? Okay. And I'm like, no, you need to be over here. There's people yes. talking about, and a lot of people don't realize there's like, I've had that where, you know, there, if there's a product I fall in love with a certain brand of coffee or something, and I'll be tagging the brand. I'm like, I, do these guys even listen? And then a lot of times the brands, uh, if they're smart, their media is monitoring and they'll come on and they'll be like, Hey, thanks for buying our coffee or thanks for doing this or whatever. And it's been really good for customer service. A lot of people, like you guys said earlier, they don't realize that people kind of credit check them online. Look yeah. for a nice restaurant, even on Yelp. Yep. I'll still go check at their website. Absolutely. And there's something about there's something about the qualification of it. I remember seeing the success of the, the best McDonald's in America. And they asked the guy, what's the key to being the most successful McDonald's in America? He goes, clean bathroom. Ah. People are like, what? And he's, if you have a clean bathroom, it speaks to what the rest of the thing people do. It makes them want to come back. If they see the bathroom's clean, likely their food's going to be clean and, and healthy or at least good. Let's put it that way for McDonald's. But it's those things that people used to qualify that people don't realize. I would agree with that a thousand percent. In fact, I do that. I only stop at McDonald's to go to the restaurant <laughs> on my trip. <laughs> That's so true. That is so true. Like, It'll be clean. You, know, you don't go, you don't go to the truck stop bathroom, right? I did much better. I grew up in the car business. My dad was a car dealer and had the had a was a pioneer in the buy here pay here business back in the day, and our area, Lawrenceville, Georgia, back then. And of course, I grew up with, with that free labor, right? I was his free labor, and so you know, on the, I remember those July days, 107 degrees, and I'm in there, Ooh. you know, cleaning windows and stuff. And dad was dad was always pounding the table, clean the door jams, mm-hmm. clean the door jams, and I'm like, why do I got to clean the door jams? I'm on a dark car, and he's like, people don't realize they notice those things. Yeah, 
And he's so, so right true. because you clean the door. How many times, what's the last time you opened a door at a car and looked down at the door jams? You might notice it every now and then, but for the most part, we don't. But yeah. the mind does. Our, our, we pick up on those little nuances like that. And we it may need a whole paint job, but if that door jam is clean and you might not ever register that it, but that whole car will look cleaner to you because of yeah. that. So it is very important that we they do that. Um, it's those nuances. There was a there's a little chicken place. It's a little family startup that's in my place. They make the best chicken I've ever had in my life. I haven't been to the South, but I've been to Roscoe's. Does that count? Yeah, <laughs> Roscoe's is oh, man. They put crack in. I think they put crack in I think they do. I really seasoning of the chicken. I the first time somebody told me, yeah, they got waffles and and fried chicken. I'm like, ew. It sounds like. You're mixing a meal. You're mixing breakfast and dinner. That's That shouldn't be legal. But uh, then I went to Roscoe's. But they have a little shop up here. And one of my problems was I kept calling them to sometimes I get out of the gym. I want some chicken after arm day. And I had like half an hour. So I would barely be arriving there and not have time to order. And so I'm like trying to call them. And <laughs> their number was disconnected. And I'm like, what the hell? And so they lost business several times before me before finally I got someone to respond on Instagram. And I'm like, what are you doing? They're like, oh, we're trying to, we're switching to a, I don't know, a call and order setup. I'm like, dude, you got to have a phone number customers can call. You guys are crazy. And then the other thing is they, when they wash their trays, they have these trays they give you, and it's really the greatest chicken. Otherwise I wouldn't care. Mm -hmm. But they, the trays, they, Somehow they, they're always wet on the bottom, like they dry the top, but they don't dry the bottom and they stack them. And so when they hand them to you, they're nasty. They're all like all wet underneath. And so finally I, I said to him, I said, guys, this, this really makes me wonder when you get this and your shop is always empty. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it's because people are really tripped out by your trays. I wonder enough where it's like every single time. And it's those little nuances, like you say. Um, you talk in the book about how to develop an attractor factor. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure, sure. So first of all, it all starts with knowing who you're trying to attract. Mm -hmm. And then you've got to look at what things are important to that person and articulating those things about you that fit that profile. So for instance, we do a lot of work in brand messaging and brand messaging is th there are things like your elevator pitch, which mm -hmm. to us is one sentence. It's not a 30 second uh soliloquy. It's right. one sentence. And and then we do something called signature sound bites, which are about five or six bullet points that serve as highlights of your brand at a glance. Okay. Think back to the reader's digest days, right? The short reads. Okay. So we don't always have the attention span to read a full bio. So when you don't, there's always the bullet points. And when mm -hmm. you can't ha when you don't have space or you don't have attention for that, then there's the elevator pitch. So mm -hmm all links of content. And in that brand messaging is where you put those things that let somebody know that you're perfect for them. So let's say if you are a podcaster and you are trying to help speakers become the best speaker they can, try to get them on TED Talks, things like that, then you want to put that in your brand messaging. I've helped this many people land a TED Talk. I've helped, I, I help you gain more confidence in your 17, 18 minute TED Talk or Things like that that specifically relate to exactly who you're talking to, and those become the attractor factors. Mm -hmm. And on top of your book, you've got uh, you've got uh, different trainings and stuff that people can look on your website. How to discuss a brand, different videos uh, that you've got on here. So define, develop, and display. Do we get display covered then? 
I, I think we got through define. We, yeah, <laughs> pretty much just through define. Yeah. We've really been burying the needle on define. So uh, should we do develop next? Most important part. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about development because this is where it matters. Again, as I said earlier, this is where the why comes in that your customers are interested in. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, being in the real estate business, NAR proved a long time ago that the last stat 20 years ago was 84% of people were going online and checking you out before they called you. And so now it's well into the 90s in a world where we we have more access to this and more people are familiar with the computer and how to use it and where they're going to find out more about you. And I think that a lot of times it's uh, with our clients in any industry, it's about I don't want to commit. Like, I, I don't want to call this guy on the phone and then I don't want to use him. I don't want to I don't want to have to tell him I don't want to use him and these sort of things. So they go online and they check you out. And so development of that brand after you that that cover of that book that gets them to stop for a second. So in any industry that we're in, well, even podcasters, coaches, authors, speakers, home improvement, real estate, mortgages, insurance, name it. Right. That What do we have? We have thousands, millions of competitors, right? We call it the sea of sameness. So after that, the fine portion, which is all the books that you're in your bookstore and you finally settle on this one because it caught my eye, Mm-hmm. What you want to do? You want to open up the book, and then the, that's when development really starts to to take into to play how they're going to really effectively talk themselves into why they're going to do business with you before they ever call you. Most yeah. of your work is done right now. When you tie that development phase into your social media, when you take your spotlight sheet at a client, which is your bio at a glance. And then when you start putting those out as, as a, a post on your social media with those same branding images, those same background images, those same branding elements that you use on the defines space, then you start to get those numbers that you need for people to begin to register while they want to do business with you. Then when they stop at your website and they're going to read your bio, they're not just interested in how many numbers they, another statistic in the real estate business was that like 96% of people NAR just read this, says they don't care what brokerage you come from. Okay? They don't care if you're the, you know, the largest brokerage in the, in the country or you're the tiniest brokerage or you're a one-man shop. They don't care. They care about you. They care about the mm-hmm. agent that is going to be dealing with them. Mm-hmm. I find that to be the case. But where are they going to find that out? They're going to find that out when they start to go through your the development that you've put into it. We look at 77 different criteria when we build a brand. Oh, wow that helps to define this. It's a deep dive. This isn't just a, hey, these are some pretty colors and here's a beautiful face to go on it and now you're branded. There's so many more things that go into how to build that culture that you're trying to build. And and people during the development phase, people will tell us like, okay, look, I don't want to niche in. Am I going to alienate people? I want to take money from anybody willing to buy. The answer to that is yes, you would, right? If they call it, what is the number one thing that people in entrepreneurial businesses say? Marketing doesn't work. I can't get any ROI in my marketing. I, I, I mailed out 10,000 postcards. I had a puppy dog on it. Nobody called me, right? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, and it's because you haven't, you're not building your brand. You're not building your culture. That's just marketing. If you have the brand first, then you know who to talk to. You've identified in the defined phase who it is you want to talk to. So now when you start spending your money on marketing that is so vital to keep any business rolling, you know who you're talking to. That's when you start to see that return on your investment. That's when you can literally track 
Okay, those billboards work. Those radio ads work. Those the, look at my podcast getting getting traction. Look at my YouTube channel gaining uh, listeners and subscribers. Uh, look at my TikTok following uh, mm-hmm. grow. And you and, and then you can trace back like, oh, where did you come from? Oh, you saw one of my YouTube videos. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, what was it about that? And then you can carry these dialogues. Well, not only are you finding out more and more how your development has worked. You're also finding you're also building that rapport with the customer you're talking to. Mm-hmm. And so development phase of that D is something that you've got to spend a good bit of time on and know how. Yeah, definitely. In fact, I'm getting a bit of a laugh looking at this uh, survey I did on LinkedIn. Only 8% of the respondents regularly post on YouTube. <laughs> 25% don't and two-thirds rarely post. So that, that just means they have an account just for a platform. I actually do that too. That's one of my other qualifiers for companies or people I want to do business with. I'll click their, their at links for Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter on their websites. And half the time they've never been like whoever designed the website. It goes to yeah, buy, right. buy yeah. kick software for building your website. And they're just like, <laughs> are you serious? No one's, you didn't think this through, but that to me, that's a qualifier. It's and, and people don't realize sometimes I'll open three or four businesses like if they're local on my web browser and I'll actually look at the quality of their their pitch, the quality of their website and everything else mm-hmm. and how they brand themselves. And then I'll go back and, you know, pick through them and okay, close that one, cancel that. Nah, I'm not going to business with those. And yeah, people go through this process sometimes very quickly and very judgmentally. And they're not going to sit there and go, well, maybe they just have a bad tagline. They're going to get right. dig- exactly dig- right. Yeah. No, you mm-hmm. either have it together or you don't. I think we even qualify reviews. How many yeah. times have you gone and looked at reviews and went, nope, don't believe that one. Yep, yeah. that one's sincere. Nope, that one's not qualified. Nope. We even do that. We're skeptical by by nature, I think. Yeah. Uh, and so we want to be sure. that. And then I think the online presence is still, there's a lot of skepticism to that too. And so building mm-hmm. that honesty and that rapport through your brand on those online platforms is so vitally important. You know, one of the words that we use in the book that she taught me, very important, is the authenticity behind it. People are going to sniff you out if you're not able to live up to what it is that you're putting out there. And Mm -hmm. your brand has to be you. It has to be this criteria and the development that is truly you. Because if you put that portrait out there and you build that out and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm this person. And then they do reach out to you and you don't uphold those things that you said in your development, then you're automatically have lost all credibility. Yeah. And like you say, a lot of people are like, oh, the marketing doesn't work. No, you're just doing it wrong. It's always like a combination (laughs) or like a a dial in or I don't know, you shoot a missile at something and it's constantly honing in to to hit the target and you're just targeting wrong. I like I'm looking at your Instagram and I like this saying you need the right people to know why you exist. I think that's really important. Yep. Yep. You don't just need people to know you exist. You need the right people to know why you exist. (laughs) Yeah. So true. So true. I remember when social media was starting out and we used to build websites as part of our business, the WordPress is for people. And they would just be like, okay, it's up now. When does the phone start ringing? <laughs> we put the website up, our, our, right. little, our little bricks out there. And this, when is the, where's the money? And you're like, yeah. no, you have to market this thing. There's, there's so many. And I think what a lot of people don't realize, correct me if I'm wrong, is what people don't realize is they're like, we don't want to spend all that money on that. Or I don't know. We have plenty of business coming in the door. Like a lot of restaurants said that before the uh, pandemic and they don't realize their competitors are out there taking up that space. Yes. yes. And longevity has a, is 
paramount. Longevity is so important. No matter how they change the algorithm, that's one thing that has always stuck uh, with Google is the longevity in your space carries a huge weight in how you show up organically. And uh, so you can't get started soon enough with that kind of thing. You have to. I bought my first website at a charity auction that I was the auctioneer on. Oh, really? And, and nobody had been on it. So I was like, it was Habitat for Humanity. So I was like, well, I believe in the oh, charity. Wow. So I just, okay, I'll just go. And so I bought it. I think I paid 125 bucks for it. It was like 1995, something like that. And, that was cheap back then. Uh, it was. No, wow. no, but she had a value of a thousand on it or something at the time. And it was just like, trust me, it was on like two or three pages. Like it wasn't, this thing was so rudimentary. It was not even funny. I probably could have built it myself if I knew how to turn a computer on it. And, and it was very block and, and it was a wild. I don't even know if it was a WordPress. I don't even live. I don't have no, I knew that it was important though. And I thought, okay, you know, this at some point, and I didn't even take it serious until the day came that I needed to buy ENO insurance. And I filled out my application for my ENO insurance as a realtor because that's why I needed it. You didn't need it on the auction side. You needed it on the real estate side in the state of Georgia. It wasn't mandatory. And I just thought, well, the businesses it should do it and the insurance is good. So let's get it. And my insurance agent denied me. And so I wanted to know why. And they said, because you're, we went to your website and you are active in auctions and we don't insure auctions. And I went, look at that. And it was the yeah. first thing that came to mind where I was actually qualified on an online platform from an application that I literally faxed into them. I was back for those of y'all that remember the fax machines. And so oh, yeah. it began to dawn on me. I'm like, hold on, this is going to catch traction. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very important to build. And now, 30 years later, it's, it's the number one thing. Yeah. We look at everybody's social media platforms before we hire them. Oh, and we rule out more than we rule in. That's absolutely true. The body of work on the Chris Foss show is quite astounding. We've got 12 years in the can. I own all the Chris Fosses except for the .com. That got away from me probably in 1980. Some guy in Oxford, London bought it, and then it got loose. And for 10 years, I would call him and be like, I'll give you a lot of money for it. And he's like, no, I'm not selling it. No, um, and he had this crappy, he was like some 70-year-old guy in Oxford, England. He was a teacher at the school. And he had some crappy genealogy he had on there. And I would have clients that would come to me and they'd be like, Chris, so we really love what you do, but uh, your website's crap. And I'd be like, what <laughs> website are you going to? Because the Chris Foss show is the big thing. And he's, they were like, oh, they're chrisfoss.com. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's been, it's just something I just, it beat me to it. But with our videos and our content, there's, what, 4,500 videos and interviews on the Chris Foss Show podcast, reviews, the content that we have over there. We've got people now that for 12 years, I've got people, especially some of my friends, where I'm like, do you know there's a time capsule of you like 12 years ago where you look 12 years younger? And uh, they're like, no. I'm like, do you want to copy that? Because like, you should save that because you really look good. You look like hell now. But it's, yeah. But if you funny, Google it. What's funny is people still consume those videos. Yes. Like I'll get, I'll get just That's every great. day. I'll get like comments and I'll, it's even funnier in the product reviews because they're like, Hey, how come my iPhone three doesn't work? And I'm like, <laughs> dude, that video's from 2013. But people are still interacting with that. They're still yes. qualifying with it. And the body of content that you, people don't see it when they first start, I guess basically what I'm trying to say. They only put out a couple Instagram posts and what happens now. But yeah, you build that body of, of work and it's just, I look at it now and I'm just like, I'm tired, man. That, that was really, that was a lot. 
Yeah, it yeah, is. yeah. And it's still a it drop is. in the bucket to what you're going to do. It still just builds upon itself and builds upon it. Tanya, one of her favorite, one of the sayings that she says it's my favorite of hers, it was she's like when people start talking about building out their brand and she's like, oh, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Yeah. And the second best time today. So you have to get started and then you have to diligently work this. And then my favorite thing is consistently because consistency is the key is mm-hmm. so key to your success. When you uh, will success is the consistency you practice when you can't instantly see the benefit of the results. Mm-hmm. And I think that people do, like you said, and they're like, well, I got a website. The phone doesn't ring from it. I don't, I don't know, man. Like you're buried and like Google don't even know who you are yet. That's true. So these are really great ideas. I love what you guys have put in the book and some of the things you guys have in your website. Give us your website name so people can go check it out as well. Yeah. Brandfacestar.com. Brandfacestar.com. Anything more we want to touch on, guys, before we go? I I think just that if you are somebody that's sitting there thinking, okay, I have my own business, but I'm not really sure my story's out there in the right way to capture the attention of the people I'm trying to attract, that's something you should really pay attention to. And I think the num- I want to leave this. The number one mistake that is made by people in all industries is marketing before the brand is built. Mm-hmm. Marketing is using various different marketing vehicles to get a message and image out to the world. But your brand is that message and image that you're infusing into all of that marketing on all platforms. And if you don't have the story straight, then you end up marketing generically, just like the rest of the people in your industry. And that's why we call it the sea of sameness. Mm. You've got to stand out. And in doing so, it is people do business with a person, not a logo. So I would say avoid that number one mistake to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, qualifying is so important too. Like you mentioned, you've got to be talking to the right person. I've had people, they call me up and they're like, they're asking me to, I think somebody asked me to invest or something in a charity or something. And I'm like, when did you get the impression that I do charity work or something? Or I work with charities or nonprofits. And they were just, they're just flipping it to everybody on LinkedIn, this pitch. And I was just like, seriously, you're wasting so much time. Like, you, this isn't even my wheelhouse, some of the stuff you're pitching at me. LinkedIn's like a big for that. It's really crazy. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. We yeah. see that all the I time. I see it and a it's, lot. And it's just hitting bullseyes on the wrong targets completely. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't have that brand built out and uh, and know the why and the who you're trying to attract. Even more than that, it's sending out the wrong message. Oh, Even no. if you've got the target, your message is all wrong. And mm-hmm. why are you the person they should want to connect with? And what do you have to offer to them that's going to change their life or their mm-hmm. business? That's what's missing. And you don't know that until you Exactly. Yeah. If you don't, because I've had people do that. And I'm just like, they go right for whatever the, the close is. And you're like, who the hell? are you and what is your brand and why do i care why should i care i don't care what the hell you're doing they're like yeah we do this i'm like yeah so okay this <laughs> why are we having this like i've said to people like why are we having this conversation mm-hmm. out of the blue you're just like hitting me up and i don't know you're trying to sell me something or <laughs> my favorite i think was when someone started walking me through a very slow walk that they weren't being really clear on what they were selling or doing but they they were basically trying to tell me what crypto was, even though I've been interviewed in articles for crypto. And everything else. And said, do you know what crypto is? And I'm like, yeah, I think so. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. <laughs> and they're like, well, crypto is this blockchain thing. And I'm like, 
dude, I have friends that are on the foundation for the Bitcoin foundation. Come on, man. Like what the hell? Wrong fit. Wrong, Wrong fit. fit. So no. there you go. So guys, uh, thanks for coming on the show. We certainly appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. Us, we appreciate it. There you go. And uh, give us your plugs one more time, uh, your .com, so people can find you on the interwebs. Sure. Want to learn more about us? It's brandfacestar.com. And if you want to talk to our team about helping you define, develop, and display your own brand, it's discussyourbrand.com. There you go. There you go. So order up the book, guys. You can go to wherever fine books are sold. The book is called, and it's just got updated too, uh, Brand Face for Entrepreneurs. Be the face of your business and star in your industry by Tanya Eberhardt and Michael Carr. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Go to youtube.com for us. Chris Foss. Hit the bell notification button. The drill. It's free for an unlimited time, so you can just uh, sign right up there. It won't cost you a dime. And uh, I think that's a lifetime deal, so you may want to just take advantage of that because it could go away at any time. You never know. Go to goodreads.com for us. Chris Foss. See everything reading and reviewing. I think my book is uh, on a one of those uh, giveaway things. You can go check that out as well, the second book. And then also go to all of our groups. There's so many on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all those places the crazy kids are at and uh, all that good stuff. Be good to each other and we'll see you guys next time.